We, we are talking about the body today, um, but I, I want to remind you that it is something that we, we've been talking about the soul before that. Pastor Kara taught us serious in that because we definitely believe like, you know, anything going on on the outward is, a, is an expression or a fruit of what's happening on the inside. So we're definitely not into behavior modification or, you know, trying to change things just from the outward, but really what's going on inside. So this is the part of a long series, you know, body, soul, and spirit. And, uh, and we just happen to be talking about the body. But we will continue on uh, in the next few weeks talking about more of the soul uh, part of that. And, and we talk about that all the time in this because we recognize that it is in the soul where we where it starts, you know, in the renewing of our mind and all that stuff. So anyways, just wanted to let you know, you know, um, because today's message is about the body mostly. Uh, how many of you know who Steve Backlund is? Some, some of you might, some of you might not. Okay, Steve Backlund, he's amazing. Um, we, we took a, a leadership discipleship with him uh, 2014 or 15, uh, me and my wife. It changed our lives completely. He's one of the uh, pastors uh, up in Bethel in Redding, California. And, uh, and he's coming down for the, those dates, 28, 29, and 30th. So we will announce the program, what that's going to look like. It's probably going to be a Friday night, Saturday during the day, and then Sunday for both services. Uh, he is an incredible ministry uh, of hope, which is exactly what we were talking about today. And, and so many, his, his ministry is called Ignite Hope or Igniting Hope, something like that. And it's just amazing stuff, and we're just super, super honored to uh, have him uh, come uh, be with us for uh, that weekend. So don't miss out. Prepare for that. Invite somebody with you uh, to come with you, and uh, you know we're going to really enjoy that, okay? And then tonight, I'll see the young adults. Remember, we're at the ping pong table on the safe house. We're going to have fun. <laughs> it's been fun. So uh, let, me, let me just say that. Uh, safe, um, the young adults is for either... If you graduated, you know, high school or you're 18 years old, okay? If you're 17 and you graduated, good. And if you're 17 and you were supposed to graduate <laughs> or you would have graduated by now <laughs> because of the, you know, no school thing. If you're like, yeah, I think I would have graduated early, just come, okay? It's, it's better to be in a small group than not to be in a small group, so just... Just come out. It's going to be a great time. 6 p.m. today in the safe house. Um, all right. Well, let's get started. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you that your presence is in this place. And I thank you that, Holy Spirit, you are moving. You're working in our bodies. You're working in our, in our hearts. And you're the one that brings a word to us, a word that transforms us from the inside out. We don't want formulas or things to change the outward, God, without having an inward transformation. So we ask today, God, that you would transform us in our heart, that you would speak to us, that we could leave this place saying, wow, I encountered God. I had an encounter with God, and it changed my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's take it up a little bit from where we left off. Uh, last, last week, we talked about how the body, um, I'm sorry, how the spirit affects the soul, the soul affects the body, the body can affect the soul, and then the two of those can, you know, either hinder or help how we hear from the Spirit, how we walk in the Spirit. And so you really have to listen to that teaching to, to understand everything, which you can listen to podcasts. We have podcasts, we have YouTube, we have Facebook, anything you'd like, whichever way you'd like to hear that, um, you can do that. But today, we, uh, we ended up saying, okay, so who honors, you know, are you honoring God with your body? Right? We, we talked a lot about uh, sexual immorality and how that's a, a sin against yourself. How it's something that the Bible specifically says it harms you more than anything else. It harms you. And um, so again, listen to that because I don't have time to go into all of that. And as a matter of fact, today's subject is so broad that you're going to have a lot of homework to go and research for yourself because I am not a doctor. So let me start by saying that. Okay? I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, a physician. And... Uh, you know, and a lot of the things we're going to talk about is, is, is very easy and simple information that you can find on your own. You can ask your doctor about. Some things might be more specific to you, and you need to research that. But, um, but how are we or are we honoring God with our bodies, right? So today is going to be more of whys, what's, and how-tos, okay? Um, I used to think this way. I used to think, I'm 36 years old, you know, and so we got married when I was 21. And I used to think like, hey... I feel good, so I must be very healthy, right? 
I feel good, so I'm, but don't let the skinny body, you know, fool you because what's inside can be completely different, right? Like what's inside, you, you don't know. You could be like full of junk inside and not know it, right? And so, you know, I'm watching my wife like eat so well and she's so healthy and she had this book about how Jesus ate. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I'm like, I don't know, but I think Jesus liked Mexican food and I'm Mexican. So... <laughs> You know, we're good. I feel good. You know, that was my gauge all the time. It was like, I feel good, so therefore I'm, I must be all right, right? I must be fine, you know? And so, you know, she told me, like, that's, that's not true. It's like, you're just young. And because you're young, you know, your body is processing things fast. It doesn't mean that everything you're eating is good for you, right? And so I'm like, okay, but I don't really don't care. You know, I'm, I'm a worshiper. I love worship, which I, I encourage you to come Wednesday nights for the next month. You know, it's, it's going to be awesome just hearing and learning about worship. It's one of the core values of our church, you know, passionate worship. So if you thought like worship is, oh, this show, oh, yeah, that little thing they do with the guitars before, you know, like, no, 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 no. You need to come and learn about worship because it's so much more powerful than that. And last Sunday, we ended up saying, like, you know, how the Bible tells us that in Romans 12, 1, that as we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, this is a true act of worship. So we're worshiping God in so many other levels than just singing. Like, we worship and we honor God with our own bodies, right? We worship and honor God with our giving. We worship and honor God with our serving. We worship and honor God with our lifestyle. The Bible says in John that the true worshipers, meaning there's false worshipers, Right? The true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So it's, a, it's, it's, it's like the whole thing. You can't just worship God with your body and, and clap your hands or just worship God in your thoughts or just worship God, you know, in spirit. Like it's, it's a body, soul, and spirit worship. You know, it's, it's your whole being, right? You can't say I'm married to you with just my body, you know, but don't ask me to think or say things or have feelings for you. No, it's like you want the whole thing, right? You want to be present in spirit, soul, and body. So... You know, our worship is more than just like coming and singing on Sunday. So are we worshiping and are we honoring God with our bodies? And what does that mean? So today we're going to talk a little bit about the body and ways that we can honor God with our body. And why do we even care about honoring God with our body, right? <laughs> like we're going to leave this body and we're going to go to heaven and we're, we're going to leave this thing here. So I thought, you know, how do we, you know, why, why do I want to you know, take care of my body. Um, so after being married for quite a few years, I started transforming. <laughs> I started changing the way I thought, right? I started thinking, hmm, maybe, yeah, maybe it is I'm young and I should really just be a little more intentional. I should really know better what I'm doing with this body, right? Because I realized one thing, and, and I'm going to give you a list of reasons, you know, see which one you connect with. Uh, to take care of our bodies, but one of them I connected with, it's like, I want to live all 120 years here on earth, and I want to leave, I want to live strong and and healthy, you know, and, and really accomplish my purpose, and I realized God gave us, He only gives us one body, right? If you think, like, there's more than that, you're in the wrong church. That's called reincarnation. We don't do that here, <laughs> you know. We get one body, one vehicle, right? And we know we have a purpose and a destiny for our lives, right? You have a calling. You've been called. You've been chosen, right? We have been called. We have a destiny and a purpose that God created us for that nobody else can do. We can do only, right? Nobody can do it like you can. That's a lot of pressure, Pastor. Yeah, it is. But it is because you need to realize that this vehicle is supposed to last you for that purpose, right? For that destiny. So there's a reason to want to take care of this vehicle, right? See, our cars out there, you could drive it like a rental and you buy another one, right? Like you could not take care of it. And when it, the engine blows over, like you just go and get a new one, you go get it fixed. This vehicle, it doesn't work like that. You only get one. And all of a sudden it got quiet in here. So you know, I started um, thinking about my relationship with food. <laughs> and I realized that sometimes it was uh, a source of pleasure. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying your food. The Bible tells us to enjoy our food and our drink, right? 
But then I realized that sometimes it wasn't just pleasure. It was like addictive. It was like, it was a comfort. How many of you have comfort foods? Right, yeah, it's like, right. And, and then this comfort food was like taking the place that God needed to take to calm me down and de-stress, right? Instead of a bowl of ice cream, I'm like, I don't, I don't think I should be doing this, but it makes me feel so good. I'm just, I'm like, I'm so much more peaceful, you know? And you realize, like, wait a minute, that's an addiction. <laughs> I'm running to ice cream to feel good, to de-stress, instead of going to my Father God, to the Holy Spirit, who's the comforter. Instead of praying about these issues, I'm, I'm burying them in ice cream. I'm like, nope, we need more. I can still see some of those issues, you know, right? And then it all goes downhill from there, right? So, so I like assess my relationship with food and I'm like, okay, sometimes, yeah, I do that because I'm stressed. I do that because I want to forget about all these issues. I do that because instead of food being just good fuel for my vehicle. I mean, how many of you would put diesel in your gas, gasoline car, right? You wouldn't. Why? Because it would just break down, right? Oh, I know somebody who did that once. <laughs> uh, not good, not good, right? Uh, it breaks the engine down. So I had said that we need to, last Sunday I said we need to spend our life, right? We were given a life, we need to spend it. But if we do that, then it leads us to this question, why take care of our body if we're just going to spend it anyways, right? It honors God. There's one, right? 1 Corinthians 6.20. Therefore, honor God with your body. Is your body honoring God? You know, this is questions you need to be writing down and be like, am I? <laughs> am I? Is my body honoring God? Okay. And that does refer to, you know, it's the end of uh, that chapter that talks about sexual immorality. Okay. But then Romans 1, uh, Romans 12.1 says, present your body as a living sacrifice, acceptable unto God. Right? Because this is our true worship, act, true act of worship. Okay, so there's another reason, right? We say, why give, right? And a lot of people say, why give? Well, give to receive, right? And that's a great, I mean, it's, it's, it's a principle of God. When you sow into good ground, you're going to reap. You're going to get a harvest, no matter what, right? But should that be the number one motive why we give to get? No, right? We give because we honor God with our tithes. We trust God, right? And because we love Him. Those, are like, those should be our first and foremost reasons to give. It's because we're thankful. Because it's a response to His grace, to His love, and His mercy that says, Thank you. I recognize nothing is mine, and I'd be lost without you. Therefore, everything is yours. So I'm just giving back from what you've already given me. Right? So when we realize that, you know, that is worship. So then... With our bodies, you know, it's, it's the same thing. Why? Because it's a form of worship to God. Why? Another way, why? Let me ask you. If somebody you admire, very famous person, was going to come to your house, would you clean it up? Right? You would tidy up. I mean, you would at least pile things up in the closet, right? Like, you would clean up your house. You would make it look immaculate because, you know, this person is coming. Well, what did we read last week in 1 Corinthians 6, 19? Do you not know? Do you not know that you are a what? Temple of the Holy Spirit. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Is that a good enough reason? It's like, like some of you are realizing like, oh my gosh, he's been living there this whole time. How embarrassing. <laughs> right? It's like... Can you go out for a second? I need to clean. No, never mind. Don't go out. We're just going to have to go, you know, clean as we go. And you're already in there, right? He's fine. He's okay. But that's another reason why we want to clean up our temple. Because the Holy Spirit lives in there. I can't imagine if he's like, what is this stuff, you know? Like, hey, Ben, can you throw me a Lysol wipe, you know? So that's another reason why we want to take care of our temple, because the Holy Spirit lives in there, right? It's the only vehicle we get for accomplishing our purpose in life. It's the only vehicle we get to accomplish our purpose in life. So we want this vehicle to run. It's like if you're getting ready to go cross country, right? Like 
you want to make sure like the tires are good, the brakes are good, you have enough tread in there, your oil is changed, and, and like you're going to make it, right? Because you're, you're going there. I mean, you're going to enjoy the journey and everything, but you want to get there. So that's another reason to take care of our bodies, right? It's, um, here's another one. My kids will follow a lot of the same habits. <laughs> Don't eat that. You know, go through the drive-thru, get an apple pie just for you. Not for them, right? They're going to, you know, get a lot of habits, you know, a lot of the comfort foods, you know, that, that you eat, you know, they're going to. You know something amazing? I'm, I'm going to do this to brag on my wife because I woke up the other morning and uh, I wake up pretty early, you know, and and I go out and it just barely, this, the, the light is barely coming out, but I see in the patio, I see somebody there. I see it's unlocked. I'm like, what's happened? The girl's not locked last night. What's going on? And I look and my boy is sitting in the patio chair eating a a long leaf of lettuce. <laughs> Just by himself. I'm like, I took a picture of it. I'm like, are you kidding me? Benjamin, like, he's eating. And he's like, look, Daddy, eating lettuce. I'm like, good job. You know, five minutes later, he comes in, opens the fridge, grabs another one, goes out, eats another one. I'm like, that's amazing. You know, they see my wife eating salad, you know, and, and I, that's the truth right there. You know, they see my wife, you know. They don't see me eating a lot of salad. <laughs> It's, it's, it's more rare, but they see her eating salad all the time, right? They, they order salad. You know, we were at kids' camp uh, last year, and I had a lot of my kids with me, and Todd came with me. We, we were, you know, chaperoning, watching over all, all the kids in the youth camp, and, and it was nice to see, like, they go and they get their own food and stuff, and they have the option to get salad or just get a hot dog, right? And I see all my kids had their bowl of salad next to them. I'm like, oh, my gosh, check it out. This stuff works, you know? So... <laughs> Anyways, that's another reason, right? Because your kids are going to copy a lot of those eating habits and things that you do. Um, here's another reason, and this was a popular right now, you know, people don't know what to do, but it strengthens or weakens your defenses for whenever something comes your way, you know? It strengthens or weakens your immune system, the way you eat. Um, you know, we were uh, talking with a, a doctor, uh, we visited a doctor and uh, just... Uh, for some uh, uh, blood work and just like a general, you know, thing. And she was telling us, like, she's a Christian doctor, and she was telling us there's different kinds of immune systems. And forgive me if I butcher this, but I'll put it in layman terms. There's there's immune systems that are really strong, right? Um, there's immune systems that are just kind of like average, you know, and there's immune systems that are just like really weak. But sometimes you don't know if your immune system is weak because you haven't fought anything. You know, nothing has really come against your body. So, so you think you're fine, right? But truth is, if anything came in attack, you have a very weak immune system. You would feel it. It would be hard on your body, right? And then there's other people whose immune systems are just really strong, you know, and they might be exposed to a lot of things they don't even know. They never even show a symptom because, you know, their body just fights it off, right? And that's, you know, it, it, and it depends on each person, right? And that's what I was talking about when, when I told you at the beginning, like, you know, I've always been, you know, thin and, 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 and you know, skinny, but it didn't mean that I was healthy, right? It didn't mean, like, inside I was healthy. And so uh, that's another reason we want to take care of our temple, because God gave us an amazing body. He gave us an amazing immune system, right? And if that is strong, if we, we won't need a miracle, Hey, listen, we absolutely love, believe, and pray for miracles every Sunday here. And we see miracles happening every time, every week. We have testimonies, big things, small things, all kinds of things, right? Whether it's a headache, see, or whether it's, you know, something big, cancer or whatever it is. We see miracles happen all the time. But let me tell you something. It's better to not need a miracle. It's better not to need a miracle, and it's not less spiritual, and it's not less godly. It's actually more honoring to him. Are you with me? Okay. So I'm going to draw something for you. Our body operates also on the principle of God of seed time and harvest. Okay. 
And a lot of the results, a lot of the harvest in our body comes years later, whether good or bad. So we have, let's try a different one. Ah, there we go. Check that out. We got seed. We're going to call this discipline. The bad word. (laughs) Then we have time, which... A lot of times this could just be, it could be years, right? You could treat your body like really bad for your whole youth. And then, you know, when you're in your 50s, 60s, and then start experiencing things, you go, whoa, what happened? What changed, right? Well, nothing changed. It's called harvest. And that's when we need healing. And that's God promises healing. I want you to understand that. God's never going to be like, I told you, bummer. Like, no, he's not like that. You know, he promises healing. Jesus came and walked on this earth, and he did miracles, and he healed everybody that came to, with, to him with faith, right? But again, we don't want to have to need a miracle. We want to be the, the ones that give and release the miracles, amen? And then harvest, you know, is health. So, Seed time harvest, you know, our body operates on this same thing. You know, it's discipline, which we'll, uh, we're going to go into that in a minute. Then we have time, which many times is years. Like there's things that you eat and you see the harvest right away, huh? <laughs> a really spicy salsa, right? You saw a quick harvest on that thing, you know? And then, but then there's things that are just habits, right? That you just like taken in for years and years and years and years and didn't realize. And then later you go into the doctor and you go, well, you have diabetes. So what? Yeah, I mean, you take a big gulp soda every morning on your way to work. Sorry. <laughs> Third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish that you may prosper, right? And be in good health. In good health, just as your soul prospers. And our soul is our will, mind, and emotions, right? It's our thoughts. So as our soul prospers, you know what also the Bible says in Hosea 4, 6, as my people perish for lack of knowledge, right? So sometimes we just don't know, which means we just grew up, picked up our parents' habits and kept going, right? And didn't know. And that lack of knowledge is causing a part of our body to not do well down the road. You know, so that's why this message is it's not just for adults, it's for it's for children, right? And children might not be here, but you have to teach them that. It's for youth and for young adults because, like, we're, we're in that place. We need, we, right? I'm in the young adults too. <laughs> so let's not perish, right? Let's not perish. Let's, let's know. Let's grow in our soul so that we can prosper and be in good health all the way up to 120 years. You know, the Bible talks about, like, Moses and how strong he was in health up until he died. He was 130, 100 and something. I, I can't remember. Somebody here is really good with Bible numbers, and they might know that. But he was in, you know, up in age, and he was strong. I mean, that, he went up the mountain, right, stayed there for 40 days with no food and water, and then came back down, probably stronger. What did he have? He had the presence of God, right? He had God. And he did a long fast, which we're also going to talk about. Lock the doors. (laughs) Okay. So, first thing I want to talk to you about is rest. Okay? If you're taking notes, you want to write this down. Rest. God worked for six days, and what he did on the seventh day? He, He rested, right? Right? He set an example for us about the importance of rest. I don't think God needed rest at all. But he was setting an example for us saying like, hey, look, work hard and rest. Like you need to rest. You know, rest is part of life. It's embedded in our our life. That's why there's night. Hello, youth. That's why there is nighttime. (laughs) See, a lot of times I have to think about how was it in Garden of Eden? Okay, so just to kind of like... Go back and think a little 
more clear of how God intended things to be, right? I'm not against lights. Please don't get me wrong, okay? But there's a reason why there's night. There's a reason why at night your, your body produces melatonin naturally that you might start feeling sleepy and then go to sleep. And then, you know, when the sun comes up, light breaks down the melatonin, which then wakes you up. Right? So what do you think happens when you're like, all right, well, I'm just going to watch some stuff on my phone till I fall asleep. You're not going to feel tired because the light in your phone is breaking down the melatonin that got created and put in your eyes so that you would go to sleep. Like, I just don't feel tired. I just don't feel tired. No. I believe you. You don't feel tired. Right? You'll feel tired in the morning. <laughs> so... God rested, right? We're supposed to rest. Rest is part of our whole life. Sleep seven to eight hours per day. Listen, you can look up, you know, what's best for you. But I'm telling you, if you're sleeping less than seven hours, you know, you must really be used to it or you're taking a toll on your body slowly. You're like, I'm fine with four. How long? Right? Again, how long is it going to last, right? Hey, I haven't changed the oil in my car in 10,000 miles. It's still running. <laughs> you know what's going to happen, right? It's not going to run long as long as it should. So we need sleep. You know what happens at sleep? You know why they call it your beauty sleep? It's real. You regenerate cells in your body. And your body has a rest time. To heal itself. Did you know that God gave us a body that heals itself? Like it's amazing. It, it heals itself. So when you sleep, your body heals itself. And it gives you energy for the next day. As a matter of fact, you know, it's, your day starts at night. Your day today didn't start at, you know, 6, 7 in the morning, 8 in the morning. It started last night when you went to bed. How do I know that? Genesis 1. It was the evening and the morning of the first day. First the evening, then the day. And that was the first day. Your day starts at night. If you want to have a great day tomorrow, it starts tonight. You know, now they give a cell phone's charge when you buy them. But before they didn't do that, right? Phones came dead. What did you have to do first? You have to charge it, and you can use it. Your day starts at night when you're recharging. Then you use up that energy. You should be writing this down, I'm telling you. So anyways, um, Jesus slept. He slept good. He took naps in the middle of the storms. He's like, guys, I'm sorry. I don't have time for this. It's nap time. He's down there in the boat. He's taking a nap, right? Some people feel like if, if things are busy and stressful, you can't sleep. Oh, I can't sleep right now because there's too many problems. That's called unbelief. Because rest and sleep is actually an action of trust in God. You know, it's actually arrogant to have the feeling that I can't rest right now. There's too much going on. I can't sleep. I can't take a day off because there's too many things going on. It's actually arrogant saying, I got to handle it, God. You, you know, I mean, if I, if I take my hands off of this for a minute, it's going to fall apart. It's actually humility, right? And it's an action of trusting God when I say, okay, no, you know what? I don't care how crazy things are. It's bedtime. See you again in the morning. I don't care how crazy it is. I've worked six days. I'm off today. Not working today. It's not ignoring or denying the issues. It's saying, God, I'm honoring you. I'm resting. I'm honoring you with my body, but I'm also trusting you. You told me to rest one day. You told me to sleep at night, and I will. Right? Psalms 4.8 says, in peace I will lay down and sleep. For you, O Lord, make me dwell in safety and confident trust. So I can sleep. He gave us permission to sleep and to rest and to be in peace. Are you with me? Oh. And so, again, we could probably go a whole hour on rest and on sleep, but uh, I'm going to tell you one more thing about um, 
sleep. Your body repairs, heals, regenerates cells, and is renewed while you sleep. This is also why eating before going to bed is not good for you. Because you, you probably don't know this, but uh, you know how our grandmas told us that like, we would die if we swam after eating? <laughs> right? Yeah. And you're like, uh-uh, not true, right? And we all go swimming after. But let me tell you why, why that is. It's because it, your body, it takes, you, it takes a lot of energy for your body to digest food. So after you finish eating, it takes about three hours for digestion, and your body uses a ton of energy. It works really, really hard. What percentage? Of, I don't know. Some high percentage of your energy is going to digestion, right? So check this out. If you go to bed and you're like, oh, great, you know, I just finished eating a steak and a bowl of ice cream um, ready, for, ready for bed, and you go to bed, and you're like, I'm going to get eight hours. Well, guess what? Your body is digesting for three, using up all this energy, right? So really, you just got four or five hours of sleep, and you wake up tired, and you wonder why. <laughs> I know some people are like, oh. hey, been there, done that. I've tried both. It doesn't feel good, you know? That's why breakfast is called break the fast, because you're breaking a fast all night you had you were not eating right you were at rest but then many people aren't so you're really not even getting that sleep do you know that if you don't get enough sleep you're you're um it's like they compare it to Chad Dedman when he was here right and he was telling us like when he was deprived of sleep and they took his uh his uh, alcohol level it was as if he was drunk. Because that's what sleep deprivation causes, right? And so, anyways, digestion takes a lot of your energy. Um, that's why you need to remember that your day starts the night before. See, if I want to wake up early, you know, to have my time with God and to have my discipline before I have to run out to work, right? then that means I need to prepare the night before. I need to eat, stop eating, right? A couple hours before my bedtime, at least, so that my body really gets a full, whatever, six, eight, six seven, eight, eight hours of rest, you know, and really regenerates and sets you up for the next day. You know, have you ever felt like you just can't catch up? Like, you're just, like you just can't catch up, right? It's because you went to bed late, because you were stressed, you ate a bowl of ice cream, you wake up tired, right? So then you go and you go and, and get a, you know, I don't know, uh, a fuel drink from BlackRock or, or from Dutch or from Starbucks or wherever it is, right? Or you get a Red Bull or a Monster, one of those things, and then, you know, you feel good for a little bit, you know, because your insulin, in, insulin just spikes, your sugar just got, you get this rush, and then you crash again, and guess what? You need it again. And then you're in a cycle that is just toxic and really, really bad for you. That's very hopeful, Pastor. Thank you. <laughs> so let's talk about food for a minute. Jesus ate very healthy. He did. Think about it. He ate fish. He ate a lot, ate a lot of fish, right? And uh, we don't know. Let me tell you. We don't know everything Jesus ate. I'm sure he ate very healthy. But we do know some things that he didn't eat. Like sugar. Like sugar, right? Jesus didn't have like, you know, 44 grams of sugar in his wine. He didn't, right? Like he didn't have sugar. And so I, there's so many things like this. This is such a broad subject to talk about health. So I'm just going to tell you about one thing, sugar. Flour that turns into sugar and sugar, added sugar, non-natural sugar. You need to start looking at what you're drinking, okay? Jesus didn't eat this stuff. He was healthy. He was strong, right? Um, we know he had bread, right? I don't know how they made that bread. Better than today's bread. Definitely not bleached flour, right? That turns into sugar. I don't know. It's probably like some seven-grain bread or something like that. 
Okay, so I'm gonna get, I'm gonna give you some information that you're gonna really like. <laughs> First of all, the American Heart Association recommends that a child has no more than 25 grams of sugar a day, and an adult 35. Okay. Fact check. <laughs> Thank you. I have fact. We have fact checkers at church. <laughs> okay, so check this out. A um, Powerade, oh, Powerade, right? 35 grams of sugar in one Powerade. A Coke has 40 to 64 on the individual ones, okay? Whether it's a can or a bottle. 40 to 64 grams of sugar. Red Bull has 27 grams of sugar in that little thing. Rockstar, 67 grams of sugar. Lipton iced tea, for those that are like, oh, look, I'm gonna go healthy, no soda. Yeah, Lipton iced tea, 26 grams uh, of, you know, sugar. Vitamin water, vitamin water, 22 grams of sugar. Monster, 27 grams of sugar. And that's just one. That's just one individual one, right? And then, and then some just have that several times a day, right? You know, there's some drinks in BlackRock. I was just looking at their chart this morning. have 157 grams of sugar in one drink, the extra large ones. Guys, that's like, it's like poison, right? It's like, Jesus didn't have to deal with this stuff, right? They were, they were healthier back then, you know, as far as what they ate, because they, they didn't have all these added sugar and things like that. So when you look at a label and what you're going to drink, look at the added sugar, you know? Obviously, you know, on one of these drinks, it's all added sugar. There's no natural sugar, right? Milk has sugar, but it's not added sugar, is natural sugar. You know, so there's a big difference. So start looking at these things, especially for kids, because if we see a kid eating a can of soda, you're like, well, <laughs> let me tell you something. It's not ADHD. He doesn't have problems focusing. He just had three cans of soda. Come on. Right? How, that's not good. That's just not good. And then we wonder why there's child diabetes. Well, that, there's, there's why, because everything has added sugar. And we just fall victims to, well, you know, that's what they sell at the store. Well, that's what my parents did. Well, I don't know. You know, we, that's a family thing. We always get a two-liter Coke, and we drink it down, you know, in, during dinner. Like, that's just, that's just what we do, right? But that's just a victim attitude. Like, well, that's what food is, right? It's approved by the FDA. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's talk about another subject. So we have rest, okay? You know what to do. Sleep. Sleep. When it's time to sleep, sleep. Food. Start watching your sugar intake and, and these things. You know, flour turns into sugar in your body. Exercise. Yay. Let me tell you something about exercise. Jesus walked everywhere. Okay, he rode a donkey sometimes, you know. Yeah, special occasions. He walked everywhere. You know walking is really good for you, right? So go on a hike. You know, it doesn't have to be high intensity like, you know, insanity or anything like that. You just need to keep your heartbeat, your heart rate up for about 30 minutes a day. What does up mean? Okay. Do this. The, uh, take 220 minus your age. Okay? 220 minus your age, that should be your max heart rate. Okay? So for me, it's like 180 something. Okay? So you, you take that number, and that should be your max heart rate. During your workout, during that 30 minute workout, your heart rate should be uh, between 70 and 85% of your max heart rate. That's very easy to do. Let me tell you that. It's very easy to do. It's not hard. For 30 minutes a day, whether it's through a walk, whether it's through, you know, going on a hike or playing a, a sports or, or, or whatever it is, you know. It's not hard. So we're not telling you to turn into a bodybuilder or anything like that, you know. That's up to you. Whatever your wife likes, you know. 
but strengthen your heart because your heart is a muscle, right? And that muscle started beating nine months before you were born, okay? And it never stops until you're done in this earth, right? And then you go to heaven. So that is a muscle that we really, really need to take care of and strengthen. And that's how you strengthen it, right? Ah, but you don't know how to track your thing. You don't have one of those fancy watches that track your rate. All right, just, you know, if you're like, <sighs> like that sound, right? If you're making that sound, you know, for about 30 minutes or so, you're probably good, okay? <laughs> Sweating. Right now, just go outside and stand there, you know. <laughs> just kidding. That doesn't, that doesn't get your heart rate going. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Jesus was a carpenter. Did he work out? You bet he did. He had no power tools. There was no Makita, and there was no, you know, fun, you know, power tools, nothing like that. It was like hand. Everything was hand. So, yeah, I believe Jesus was fit and strong, right? I'm sure he got his workout in uh, doing that and walking everywhere. Okay. My friend told me recently, you cannot out-exercise a bad diet. You know, if you're trying to, like, all right, I'm going to make up for all the bad eating because I really don't want to change any of that, you know, uh, and I'm going to, you know, counteract with exercise. You, you can't do that. You'll be fighting against yourself. You'll be fighting against yourself. Okay, so you can't out-exercise a bad diet. Um, let me talk about the funnest thing of all. <laughs> You're like, oh, boy. I know he's not serious, right? Fasting. <laughs> Fasting is so good for you. But it's not good for those that are around you while you're fasting. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> what happens with fasting is you start, it's like a cleanse, right? Your body starts getting rid of toxins. Physically and spiritually, it's about the same, you know, process. So you start, you know, your body starts getting rid of toxins, right? Um, so something that happens, uh, just going back to after the three hours of digestion, then, you know, after a few more hours, depending on your body, you know, you enter into ketosis, you know, that's where the keto diet name comes from ketosis is when your body starts regenerating cells and cleansing itself and then it goes into another process about into about 14 16 hours later it's called autography and then in that one you're you start uh healing your body starts actually healing and regenerating uh cells and unfolding proteins and like doing you know really smart things that god designed for your body to do right uh so like there's testimonies of people that have healed from cancer just through fasting that's how powerful fasting is, right? And so spiritually, it's, it's kind of the same type of process, right? You, the stuff starts coming out of your heart, you know? And your toxic emotions and your toxic things start coming up to the surface, right? To deal with them. So whether you're doing a health, a spiritual, or both, uh, a fasting is going to have that same kind of effect, especially around the third day. That's when they get the most cranky, you know? And you could go 40 days, I mean, depending on everybody's health, but, you know, that's what Jesus did, and, and, and the body can go up, up to about 40 days, I think, that's the max we've known, but um, without food, right? And so your body cleanses, your body resets, so fasting, uh, it really, um, let, let's, let's look at Isaiah 58, If you guys could put up Isaiah 58, verse 6. God is talking about, they used to do a fasting almost only just to feel bad about themselves, right? They used to fast just, you know, for their own sake, and they used to fast uh, as a repenting of sins and, and to look really bad. But then God's like, hey, this is not the type of fasting that I call. It says, is, is this is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, to break every yoke, right? What does this one say? Free those who are wrongly imprisoned, lighten the burden of those who work for you, let the oppressed go free, and remove the chains that bind people, right? So that's why a lot of times we say, hey, you're praying and you're not seeing any results. Let's go on a fast, why? Because fasting is like, it's like kicking it up a notch, right? It's like 
I'm eating good, but I still have a lot of issues in my body, you know, and I'm, I'm getting rest, and I, you know, I'm doing intermittent fasting, but not, none of that is doing it. You know, even here it's telling you, you know, fasting is to break the yoke of bondage, right? It loosens these things in your life. So many times we go on a fast or, you know, or we fast with somebody else about an issue or something, right? And we see breakthrough. We see, we th- we see results. See, and the problem is a lot of people have taken fasting as a hunger strike, and fasting is not supposed to be a hunger strike. Fasting is not like, God, I'm not going to eat until you do this. That's not it, you know. What fasting does is it, it, it cleanses. It brings things up to the surface so that you can be loosened from the yoke of bondage. So you can be loosened from addictions. You know, there's people that have addictions and they've been trying to get loose of these addictions for a long time, but it's not happening. You need to go on a fast. Because spiritually and physically, the fast... It, it resets your body, you know, it's, it's the best way I can put it, you know. And so it will break off addictions. You know, and what does the Bible say about this stuff? Because it is not just, it is not just to cleanse yourself, um, but it also has to do, and the key is right here. Here's, man, I'm saying all a bunch of Christian cuss words today. Like, here's the next word. Self-control. <laughs> Discipline. <laughs> Right? Self-control. So let's go to, uh, well, don't go there. I'm just going to read it to you. Second um, Timothy 1.7 says, He did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Right? So what, the key that you need, watch this. This is how good God is and how easy he's put things for us. Right? The key to, you know, resting, exercising, eating, and even fasting is already living inside of us. The Holy Spirit is already living inside of us, right? And as the Spirit as He gives us is a spirit of self-control. What you need to realize is that you are not your body. Your body's part of you, but you are not your body. Your body is supposed to be the slave, your servant. Your body's supposed to be your employee. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe right now your body's telling you, no, you shut up. I'm the boss. That's the problem. The body wants to be the boss. The body wants to be the king. The body wants to be like, give me more of that. Give me more of that. I want that. I want that. But do you know what the Bible calls that? It's, it's the lust of the flesh. It's the desires of the flesh, right? And that's not just sexual stuff we're talking about. That's like anything that's going to throw us off from honoring and worshiping God, even where our bodies like, what was Jesus tempted with? Bread. Jesus was tempted with some good, warm, sardo bread. He's like, hey, why don't you turn this into a chocolate croissant? He's like, nope. Men shall not live of bread alone, right? But with food. Like, Jesus was tempted. Like, think about it. One of the things that Jesus, the Son of God, was tempted with. You would think like, you know, other things or whatever. But one of them was food. So it's a big deal. Food is tempting. Food talks to you. Did you guys know that? Food talks to you? Like, how can some people not think that God talks to them? But they talk to food all the time. And they listen to food. So the key of self-control is already inside of us. Check it out. Let's, uh, Matthew 26, 41, Jesus is telling his disciples, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. It's like right now you're sitting in your place, you go, you're going like, okay, yeah, I need to sleep. I need to rest. I need to exercise. I need to change my eating habits. I need to start reading all the sugar labels. I need to start doing all this, and I'm going to go on a fast once a week. Like, right? Your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. Your flesh is waiting for you to go out there and, you know, it's gonna, your flesh is even going to give you spidey senses, right? So that you can smell the food so good, so far away, right? It's just going to tempt you. You're just going to have to say no. You don't have to say no to everything. Well, like we say here, all you have to say is yes, yes to God, and then it's automatic no to everything else, you know? Think about that. You don't have to say no to all the tempting food. You just have to say yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes to healthy eating, right? And your yes to healthy eating is an automatic no to everything else. It's like when you get married. Your yes to your spouse 
is an automatic no to everyone else. Makes it easier, huh? Um, and let's go here. 1 Corinthians 9.27. Okay. Say, I am willing. Okay, that's good. You are the Spirit. Amen. 1 Corinthians 9.27. I'm going to read you a few versions, okay? First one is the Passion Translation. It says, but I train like a champion athlete. Do you remember Paul uh, talks about our life like a race that we run, right? And, and a, a few months ago, I talked about the race, right? And sometimes it's easier to run lighter than with all this baggage and all this stuff, right? Because we want to get there, right? We want to do everything that God called us to do, all his plans, all, all these amazing things that he set for us. We want to do them, right? And you have all your life to do them. To do them. And so Paul is saying, say, I train like a champion athlete. I subdue my body and get it under my control. Who will say, I subdue my body. I get it under my control. That's good. Do you believe what you're saying? Okay. And then it says, so that after preaching the good news to others, I myself won't be disqualified. Right? Hey, eat good. And here you're having a bowl of ice cream, right? And then it says, uh, the NIV says, no, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the price. So this, the NIV is a little more violent, right? I strike a blow to my body, make it my slave. King James say, says, I bring it into subjection. Uh, New Living Translation says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it, check this out, to do what it should. Training it to do what it should. What should it do? I mean, have you seen some of these videos of um, people are amazing or amazing people? See the crazy things like some of these gymnasts do and stuff like that? You're like, I mean, I have, I have, I have a body too. You know, I can't do that. <laughs> what should your body do? Well, for once, it, God gave you a, a body, an immune system that will fight off anything harmful. They didn't have medicine back then, right? Nothing against medicine. All right? Natural medicine. But God gave us a body, you know, like there was not a pharmacy in the Garden of Eden. Right? There wasn't. There was no need for one. Because God made our bodies to fight off infection, to fight off disease, to fight off viruses, to fight off wounds, you know, to heal itself. So it's saying here that when we take control over our body, when our body is really in the servant position, right? Then it does what it should do. Right? So are we going to put our body in the servant position? Or are we going to Keep our body in the boss position, right? I tell you when to go to bed. I can't even tell my kids when to go to bed. <laughs> you know, we talk about self-control all the time. We say, like, you know, self-control is for you. It's not for others. You can't, you can't even tell yourself what to do many times. And then here you are trying to tell others what to do. You can't control people. You can't even control your own kids. They're going to choose. Right? And so, can I control my own body, right? Can I control my own, t my own tongue? I mean, the Bible talks about, you know, restraining your tongue. It's like we were given a body. You were giving a vehicle, an amazing vehicle. I'm like, well, isn't so amazing. It looks more like a, you know, super old classic car beat up. No, no, no. God gave you an amazing body. And he wants to heal your body, and he wants your body to be in, in the best place ever. Because that's why there's healing. That's why there's miracles, right? It's like God's grace will heal our body, right? And puts us in a place where you're like, okay, his grace is enough. You know, check this out. Just like sin has no power to rob your destiny, when you repent and you come back to the Lord, God's grace puts you right back on track for the things he called you to do. 
And when you have knowledge now and you change your lifestyle, right? Because you want to take care of your temple and you want to honor God with your temple, right? His grace is enough. He's going to heal you and put you in a place where you can keep going to a healthy, to a strong life. What should our bodies do, right? Well, they should serve us. Your body should be your employee, your servant. Body, you need to get up at this time, and you need to eat this kind of food, and no, it's too late. Too late. You cannot eat anymore right now. Kitchen's closed, body. Kitchen is closed. Now it's workout time. Come on, body. That's exactly what the Bible says, right? It's telling you, make it your slave. Tell it what to do. You tell it what to do. Um, my vehicle should take me to my destiny, and we should arrive in good condition. Not overheating with a flat tire and no headlights and no AC. See, I like, I like a nice ride. I like, I like it comfortable, right? <laughs> but some people make it to the finish line with, like, you know, they're hauling their own car, you know. It's like, no, 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 that's not how it's supposed to be. You don't want to make it all the way there, healthy and strong. You can do that, you know. Have you guys uh, ever seen Marilyn Hickey? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How old is she? 90s already? That woman is strong and going and preaching, and I'm telling you, it can be done. It's possible. And I promise you, I, I'm sure she, she didn't do it perfect her whole life, right? Are you guys getting something out of this today? All right, two more minutes. <laughs> You're like, ah. Psalm 139, 14. Psalm 139, verse 14. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. That is so good. It says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You know, I've been studying the immune system. And it's like, it's almost like David knew exactly what, what God had done in our bodies. Because like when he says wonderfully complex, like seriously, your body, it's like, it's like straight out of a movie. There's like different armies in there and they all get like a text message or something. When something comes in, they're like, reinforces, reinforces, and we need this group. We're not, we need this group. And now, no, hold on. No, that's too many, you know, and like, like the way your body works, it seriously is exactly wonderfully complex, fearfully and wonderfully made. It says, verse 15, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. Mm. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. Isn't God amazing? Doesn't it make you wonder at him? Like, you know, the more people glorify this virus, I go, no, no, no. You guys have no idea how amazing he created us. You know, that, that's, that's, that's like, mm-mm. I'm going to talk more about how God created us more of how, how he made us, more of how he promised us healing, he promised us protection, all these things, more than anything else that can come against us because nothing can be exalted above the name of God unless we do that, right? Nothing can be exalted ab above him unless we choose to do that, right? There's no victims. Like Nick says, there's just volunteers. Willing volunteers, willing participants. Um, okay, let's finish. You're like, phew. Let's finish. What um, The most natural healing is the one that comes from the manufacturer. Think about that. I was thinking about what's natural healing, really? You know, what's, like, it's the one that comes from the manufacturer, right? Like, what's the, really, what's the best? It's the most expensive, but what's the best way to get your car fixed is take it to the dealership, right? You're going to put original parts. They're going to do a bunch of things that don't even need to be done, but they're going to do it. Instead, I mean, you can also go to YouTube and then buy some zip ties and get a hot glue gun and make it work, right? 
But what's the most natural healing is straight from the manufacturer, straight from the creator. So, so healing, you know, whether, whether it's because you walk in health because your soul prospered and, and, and you're not perishing, you're not suffering for lack of knowledge anymore, right? And your body is now doing what it should do and you're walking in divine health, right? Whether it's because of that, that's God. That's totally God. You're operating how he called to operate. Or whether you need a miracle and God heals you and we lay hands on you and you get miraculously healed, right? That's all God too. The most natural healing comes from him. That's natural healing. That's the best way, right? And it doesn't always happen through a miracle, right? It, always, it doesn't always happen instant. Why? We don't know why. We don't know why. We just keep praying. We keep standing on the word. We keep believing. We do, until that becomes our reality. And in the meantime, we do and we, we use wisdom, right? The wisdom of God, not the wisdom of the world. We use the wisdom of God. Because he already created us amazingly. It is all him already. Our bodies are a temple where we lay itself as a living sacrifice. Now, let me tell you another thing. Um, our body is the temple. What happened in the temple? Sacrifices, right? We are the temple, but it also tells us in Romans 12, 1, to become a living sacrifice, right? That's why we live, though the old man is dead, we live through Christ, okay, as a living sacrifice. We should never become the idol, though. Okay? The temple... Don't care how beautiful you are, should never become the idol. Stop it. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, just kidding. But you know what I mean, right? Like, remember, it's a vehicle and it's a temple. You want to take care of it, so it takes you all the way to the finish line, but it should never become the idol. If it becomes the idol, you've you've lost it, right? If health becomes the idol, you've lost it. It's a vehicle. It's a car. Think about it. What do you do when somebody gives you a car? Like you have a car, you like it, you want to take care of it, right? You want to take care of it because that same car can last you 300,000 miles. Like has anybody here ever had a car with 300,000 miles? Come on, raise your hand. See? Well, look, look at that. Look at that. See? It's called maintenance. Maintenance. <laughs> maintenance. I can say the word. I'm Mexican, but I can speak English. Okay. <laughs> Maintenance. <laughs> we don't want to have to change the engine every 50,000 miles, right? So you maintain it. And there's a lot of things that, that God gave us and put in our lives that are a blessing to us and they are to be maintained. Like marriage. You don't go to marriage counseling or marriage group when you're in trouble. You go to marriage counseling, you go to marriage conference, and you go to marriage group to maintain your marriage. You don't go to parenting conferences just when your kids are going crazy. You go there before they go crazy so you can handle them when they go crazy. Hopefully they don't go crazy at all. <laughs> and same thing with our bodies. We don't want to end up in a hospital with a triple bypass. That's, that's not God's plan. And listen, I, I want you to know something. There's no condemnation wherever you're at. Because this is just talking about the, the, the outward body, right? But the truth is there's a lot of things going on in our heart that, that need to be dealt with, right? And if we don't change our mentality, no matter what you do, no matter if you sleep and rest and all this stuff, it's not going to work. And I have so much material, and I'm going to have to cut it here. But I want, you, I want you to know this. You start where you're at, okay? One step at a time. You start where you're at. Don't be overwhelmed. You know, we were out in, in Colorado this week, and we were in the, uh, in the kayaks, you know. And it's the first time I'm in a kayak, right? And I'm out there with my son, and, and we're trying to fish from the kayak. And just, uh, it gets windy all of a sudden, and I'm fixing a knot on the, on the fishing pole. And it's like five minutes, and then all of a sudden I look up, and we're like, it looks like 10 miles to me. Away from the shore, I'm like, oh, what's happening, right? And I'm like, we're going to have to, like, 
oh my gosh, it's going to take me like 30 minutes, right, to row and go back. And then, you know, so I'm like, we're going back, we're going back, we're going back, you know, and it's like, it doesn't seem like you're moving, you know. And then we finally get closer. I'm like, okay, okay, I think we're back to where we started, okay. I said, just, you know, hang it tight. Let me undo this, right. I said, you keep your eyes, make sure we're not getting pretty far away, all right. And then, you know, two minutes later, I look and we're gone again with the wind. And I'm like, and I felt overwhelmed. I'm like, I'm going to have to row a lot. A long time, really hard to get there. And it seemed overwhelming, and it seemed impossible, right? And then it just hit me. I'm like, no, no, no. It's just like, just start going slowly, you know, just little by little, little by little, little by little, right? And and you get there, right? It, did, it wasn't as long. It wasn't as bad. It wasn't as overwhelming. It wasn't as deadly as we thought it was going to be for a moment. We just like, no stress, you know, just like I just told Benjamin, just keep rowing. Just keep rowing. I'm sorry, it's like this. That's the kayak. <laughs> sorry. I'm like, just, just keep rowing, you know? And just little by little, like, we got there. It wasn't that bad. And so what it, wherever you're at, I've always told youth this same thing. Like, you know, you don't have to start reading two hours of your Bible a day if you've never done that before. It's going to be really hard, overwhelming, and frustrating. I said, start one step at a time. Where are you today? Okay? And start with one thing. If it's cutting sugar out of your life, if it's just cutting soda completely, that's a one great first step. One great first step. I've always wanted to work out in my life. I always wanted to work out. And for some reason, like, I always broke my habit, and it became really hard, or we went out of time, and I couldn't do it. And it was just like, ah, you know, so frustrating. So, you know, I'm like, I'm going to whip my body, and I'm going to tell her what to do. And this is about two years ago. I'm like, all right, I'm signing up for the gym, so I'm on the hook for the monthly membership, okay? And, you know, just start going. Three times a week, three times a week, okay? And let me tell you, if it's if you just go in and high-five the person in there and walk out, and you do that at the same time every day, it's better than before. <laughs> it's better than before, you know? And here's what I learned. And we're going to talk about this next week, okay? And I'm sorry I went so long, but um, it's like this is this is never-ending subject. But, um, I, um, you know, it just created a habit. That was just it. It created a habit, created a habit created a habit, right? And I was in there for a whole year, three times a week, worked out 20 minutes. Sometimes I made it to 30 minutes and I was done, you know? Then I got a mentor and they taught me some new things and it doubled my workout. And I went from three days a week, 20 minutes to six days a week, one hour. But I had a habit already, right? So start making new habits, right? 